This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans, go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is December twenty first, two thousand twenty. As always, I am joined by my awesome, awesome polo wearing Have co-host Luke Sylvia. What's popping? A merry little Christmas. Um, okay. so my man's got bars. Yeah, I mean, it's that's almost what Christmas. We're merry Christmas, everybody! It's almost this is Christmas. The Christmas episode. So, yeah. Yeah, and y'all can cringe at that or whatever, but you know, number one, you liked it. Two, we're, when you hear this, you're only a few days away from Christmas. Um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope that you guys um, have a safe um, time with family. It's a weird time. COVID does not go away. Um, and I know that everybody's just kind of doing their best to make things happen. So, we're getting close to that, Jonathan, and Christmas came early for Magic fans. So, I mean, I, we're going to talk about that in a second. You did mention COVID, and I told you before the podcast, I kind of I looked uh, COVID right in the face. You got a little something this, for me. Uh, okay, so wow. anyone that that you know follows me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, knows that um, this weekend my wife and I took like a long weekend up to uh, Western North Carolina, up to the good old Smoky Mountains to visit my in-laws. Magic basketball right. from the mountains, baby. From the mountains, so I'm not going to get into specifics. I'm not going to, you know, speak on restaurant names or towns or anything like that. Let's just say mm. we took a trip uh, a little south to northern Georgia, right? And we went to uh-huh. a restaurant, Luke. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, the shock to the system yeah. that I received when I walked into this this little uh, this little restaurant, okay, um, to find it 100% packed, like no social distancing. Ooh. No, nothing. I'm talking about every single table was filled to to the max. There's people sitting at the bar. Nobody wearing masks. No, nothing. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of. Did you, you did know, you did you just say I'm I'm hungry? So get me in there or what? What's up? I had no idea. My wife and I had never been to this restaurant before. We, you know, our in laws like, oh, it's great, really great food, everything like that. Was it local well, or a okay. chain? It's it's a mom and pop. Right. Okay. So right, we well, walk this, in. This, this is starting to make sense. Okay. I, bro, we walk in, and I'm telling you, I was like, "Oh my COVID!" Like I, it's yeah. been probably ten months since I've been in, in an establishment that that was that packed. And Yikes. let me, it was jarring. My body was like, "Oh, okay, we're doing this." I guess. And my wife and I, we got, both got. It in was. Car, it was like, Amway. Amway four thousand capacity and mom mom pop shop. Bro, it was like just it was all just condensed 70, into one. Upwards of 70, 80 people deep in there easily. That's my, crazy. my brain. My brain was yep. looking like, you know, Alan from the hangover counting cards. I was like <laughs> trying to count all the people that were in this restaurant. I was like, there ain't no way that no one in here doesn't have covid. There's no way. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what was, y'all y'all just said, you know, we'll take our chances here. I'm a little hungry. I mean, at that, like, I don't know. We kind of, we were kind of putting a in a, you know, compromised position. I mean, to, you're, what, what you're are we hungry, doing? You're hungry. You're hungry. You wear a mask to your table, and you just, you know, you you walk by people and you just hold your breath and hope they're holding theirs. I will. I will say. I will say the the nearest table to us was definitely in excess of six feet away. I will say that 
but that well, didn't good. seem like it was done by design. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Mom pop, they uh, they took a hit during COVID, and they said, you know, we got to make that money, and uh, they said if we got to, you know, if we got to put up with this, and I just can't believe that you like that people that like owners of restaurants like that would put themselves at such a risk. That if anybody ties COVID back to you, it's like. I mean, you're shut down simply because of like people talking bad about your restaurant. But granted, people eating there on the regular are going to keep them open anyway. So, I, yeah, yikes! It was that's, uh, a, that's a rough scene. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people people talk about Florida, right? Like people make jokes about Florida, like Florida doesn't care, blah blah blah. Anywhere you go, at least in the area that we live in, like north of Tampa, like you go to eat and like yeah, they're they're at twenty five percent capacity 50 percent capacity whatever like every other table is like marked off like no one's allowed to sit there mm. everything's socially distanced you know all of your servers and everything like that are wearing masks and yada 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 and it was just like like bro like that's that's a bit of an issue so but i mean then again getting ready to go to amway on on wednesday where there's going to be I don't know if it's going to be the 4,000 people. I think it's 2,000 and they're going to ramp it up or something like be, that. But Be honest. I know, I know you're going to be happy to be back in the arena, but I touched on it last week on our episode with Drew. Are you going to be a little upset that you can't you know, take your roasted almonds to your seat or what? Uh, no, I'm, honestly, I'm just going to be super happy to be back in the building more than anything. I mean, every, I'm going you know, to text you and remind you of, of roasted almonds. I'll, I'll during be, the game, I'll, and you're going to be like, I'll, man, I wish. Get the roasted almonds. I'll go to the bathroom <laughs> in one of the stalls, take my mask, and just like, like and a little just, squirrel, like a little yeah, raccoon. Just, just chipmunk eat it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. So That's good. Get it in however you But, yeah, I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of people in the yeah. Amway, but you know they're going to be socially distanced, and everyone's going to be wearing masks and, and everything like that. And at this point, it's mm-hmm. just, are you personally willing to take the risk? And I can tell you the folks in northern Georgia – are willing to take that risk. They, it was. Uh, they're ready. I. They I mean, army. it's 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 tough, right? Because like at some point you feel like we have to start getting things back to normal. But that was like, man, y- y'all forgot that COVID was a thing. Like you, you guys really. Don't I mean, care. vaccine comes out and people start acting different. So you know what I think? I think everyone I, there was vaccinated. That must be it. I don't. <laughs> know. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Clearly. It was jarring. They were all healthcare workers. Yeah, they uh, oh, they skipped man. the line, I think. All right, let's talk yeah. Orlando Magic basketball. That's enough about us. So, Luke, just about um, literally like an hour ago, we started to get news. Yeah. One, that Markel Fultz uh, has signed a, an extension with the Magic. That's going to be a three-year, $50 million uh, deal. Actually, that third year is going to be a team option, so that is a huge win for the front office. And then Jonathan Isaac yep. has signed a four-year, $80 million uh, extension. Talk to so, me. So, thoughts? Uh, first of all, congratulations, J.I., uh, you know, friend of the pod. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, congratulations to him. I think it's a good deal, man. I mean, you look at what A.G. makes right now, right? A.G. is in that, like, 18, 19 range, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you get a guy like J.I. and you lock him down for 20 over four years, that's not bad. And and guess what? If if he, God forbid, struggles with like an, another injury, anything along the lines, you've got him at a movable price. There's going to be teams who who want him. Um, if the Magic decide, you know, we we just don't need to, you know, bank on that anymore. Um, so I, 
I mean, I'm all on board with J.I. four years, 80 million uh, breaks down to average of 20 a year. Have they released if that's front backloaded or if it's what the case is on that? I, I saw more about Markel's contract extension than I did J.I.'s. I don't think so. I haven't seen like Woj. I mean, I've got the notifications on at all times. There's time, probably just, just not case. breakdown details yet. Yeah, just not yet. Um, I don't know. What we've seen from this front office is that they have a, a tend to actually front load the deal so that they'll decline yeah. over time to make them easier to move. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure. I know that we definitely have Jonathan's bird rights. I don't know if we have Markel's bird rights. All of that CBA stuff right. is still very foreign to me. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah. know really what the salary cap right now, the situation will allow us to do in that regard. It will be interesting to see yeah. that. I can say I was, I was not, not surprised that either the deals got done. Like it kind of came down to the wire. Like we're waiting for, you know, six right. o'clock Eastern time and we're like, man, are these, these deals going to get done? And then it was like 20 minutes before that the, the Fultz deal came in. And then it was literally like two minutes um, before the deadline, um, that the, the Isaac deal came through. So, um, initially when I saw you, the three year $50 million, what's up? Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, when, when, Markel, when the, when the, when I saw that it was three years, $50 million, I was, I was pleasantly surprised that we were able to, to get Fultz for like around, you know, 16 ish million dollars a year. Um, I yeah. definitely thought that he had the the potential to just say, "Hey, I'm gonna wait this out and just kind of bet on myself and take it to restricted yeah, free agency I, and, and see what happens." Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you, are you surprised that he didn't take another year and say, "I think I can make more than that"? Are you surprised by that? I, I really am surprised. That's why I think we have to really it's a it's a huge nod to the front office that one they were able to get this deal done at all this quickly and two that they were able to sneak that third year team option into into the mix because like when we when we talk back um you know what is that like almost 5 years now that huge when the the salary cap just exploded we you know re-signed Evan Fournier you signed Bismack Biombo you know Hennigan felt the need to give Evan one a 5 year deal and then that made that fifth year a player option so like yeah. it, it's just crazy that in my opinion they were able to get you know Markel and his agent to agree to that. I I 100% would have understood if Markel was like, "No, I appreciate it. I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to play my butt off this year and then I'm going to get a much bigger deal in the off season." So as much as yeah. people have well, criticized the front office and everything like that, hats off to them cuz this is a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like, like we, like we've said, like you've got team option that third year, and of course, that's that's just covering yourself. That's that's safety. Um, Markel said, I guess sounds good to me. Uh, who knows what the negotiation was like? Um, and then if you kind of look at the contracts that Orlando has, it seemingly, they're you know the front office has got their core for the future. I mean, you've got. Um, you got Vooch and Ross through 22-23. Mind you, we're going into the 2021 season, so that's three seasons of Vooch and Ross, barring they don't get moved. Um, you've got Fultz tw- through 23-24, Isaac, J.I. through 24-25, and then you've got your rookies, Okiki and Cole Anthony, also through 23-24 on the same timetable as Markel, um, as Markel is. So, as a Magic fan... 
say what you want about their offseason moves. You've got your young core intact. What, like, what are we complaining about at this point? I know like we've got to get better and we've got to add pieces, and I think that comes in due time. You move Fournier, you maybe move AG. Um, you know, people seem to think that definitely Fournier is going to get moved and probably AG, but nobody knows for sure. Regardless, um, you can do that. Um, you know, T Ross, twenty two, twenty three season, that's movable. Um, I mean, you got to be. I don't see where you can complain about, especially today, just in general of what it means for the team. Um, and then after what you saw in preseason, I mean, you're happy that you've got Cole Anthony and Okiki through 23-24. So there's just a lot uh, to be happy about right now as a Magic fan. Um, and, yes, I can I understand some gripes, gripes with the front office in the last you know, couple of months, but today, I mean, why not celebrate this win of getting two of your young core to return and get them locked in yeah i'm i'm right there with you you know there's been a lot of criticism whether that's warranted or not of what the front office has or has not done um but i think just and the reason that i wasn't really too worried you know when it came to um like the vucevic deals the ross deals um you know the the fact that evan opted into his contract this year is like this front office hasn't really given us a real reason to be like, whoa, these guys have no idea what they're doing. Like they might not exactly make the moves that we want when we want them to make them, but yeah. you can tell that one, they're very shrewd negotiators, right? If we look at yep. the Aaron Gordon deal, um, we look at, you know, some of the deals, um, you know, like uh, Nikola Vucevic, like Terrence Ross, Terrence is probably right around where a lot of us wanted to be. Um, Vooch, it was like, okay, the guy's coming off of an all-star season. You're going to have to pay the guy. But the fact that they got that to decrease, you know, over the life of the contract uh, really is a big deal in terms of eventually need, needing to move him with. And now yeah. now with Markel, I mean, um, this is a guy who, again, had he just say, I'm going to bet on myself and, and go into the um, free agency and, and, and got an offer sheet with someone else this year. Probably a guy that yeah. probably could have got anywhere from 18, 19, maybe 20 million dollars if right. he has a really good year this year. Jonathan, yeah. um, I'm I'm really not surprised. I'm a little bit surprised that like the money came in where it came in, just given like you can't. I'm wearing the jersey right now. You can't find anybody in this planet, this fan base, that is a bigger Jonathan Isaac fan than I am. That being said, right, this is this is his fourth year, right, and we've basically had one yeah. healthy Jonathan Isaac season. Now, if you want to debate whether those are fluke injuries or whatever, not related, like we had an ankle. Um, now you know we had a, a knee and then obviously he's re-injured that knee so this is a guy out of four seasons that's had one healthy year right now the potential is is through the roof i'm definitely not going to debate you on that but 20 million dollars for a guy that has yet to prove that he can be healthy and and the best ability that you can have is availability and hasn't mm-hmm. completely sold the fan pace um that the fact that he can be a- available when he needs to be um, that being said, this is a guy who has an elite skill, and elite skills are just that. They're hard to come by, right? So his yep. defensive ability, when he's healthy, what they've seen from him, and the offensive flashes that he showed in the bubble was enough for this front office to be like, you know what? These were unrelated fluke injuries. He's going to be healthy, still super, super young, 22 years old, I believe. So this was their vote of confidence. Like, Jonathan, we believe in you. Go ahead, get healthy this year, and come back, and, and, and it's time to go, right? Um, four years, 
I mean, he's here for a long time. Uh, the stability and everything like that that he needs is, is good, ready to go. Um, but I also had the Magic lowballed him, which, they, I, in my opinion, they would have been completely within their right to do so, given the circumstances, if they would have said, hey, we're going to give you a, a four-year deal or $15, $16 million a year. I, I completely would have understood if he just would have been like, hey, I'm also going to wait this out go to to you know restricted yeah. free agency and see what I can get. Now with him it would have been probably been more of a gamble because he doesn't have that year to say I'm going to prove myself, right? But yeah. I also think his his floor as far as what he was going to get was a little bit higher than Markel. So, I mean, can't be happier yeah. for these I guys. Mean, Super excited for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, if you if you look at JI's numbers, Yes, he's an incredible defender, but Magic fans know that. Um, I'm sure scouts know it. However, Orlando is the franchise that has been able to be with him the the most um, through his you know kind of injury injury things that have happened um, this last year. What he plays um, 34 games, and I mean two of those he gets injured in. So you're looking at it. Orlando knows him inside and out. And knows the type of guy he is, knows all that stuff. And J.I.'s got to feel good about that. And I think that's why he's not waiting to see what he can get in the offseason as a restricted free agent. Because he knows, hey, at the end of the day, these guys are probably going to be willing to pay the most for me. Um, And maybe that these other teams aren't going to want to take a gamble on me because they don't know me. They don't know my character. They don't know necessarily how hard I work. They don't truly know what I'm capable of. But Orlando, if anybody knows knows what J.I. is capable of. Um, and the front office knows better than we do. So for, for the front office to say, this is what we're going to do, we'll give you 20 a year, I think it's good for both sides. I think both make out well. Um, and I, I think that, that J.I. is is going to I mean, he's on he's going to be on the mend and he's going to play valuable minutes next year. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that it'll be a lot of pressure relieved off him to know that he's already signed a deal. He doesn't so, have to worry about um, that just on this offseason. He can worry about it getting healthy. Right. Quick update from Track. looking here. Um, it looks like these deals are backloaded. So um, mm. it, they are going to increase over the next few years. I think that probably has more to do with the, the salary cap situation that we are currently in. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and this isn't anything official. This is I just looked up Track, and that's kind of what they're showing. Um, like the first year of the extension, Isaac is set to make – uh, 17.8, Markel 15.4, and then going into like the 2022-2023 uh, season, just update this, Markel is at 16.6, and then Jonathan's at 19.2. So it seems like over the, the length of those contracts, you know, they're they're kind of backloaded. So, but um, well, and it, I don't it, I mean, think those are also, I was going to say with that, um, like you said, it's all to do with salary cap and what that looks like and what the cap sheet looks like, right? Because you've got guys like Vooch who are making good, like big money. Um, that ends in 22, 23. So, I mean, guys like Vooch, it, it makes sense that you would backload because you're already paying, you know, that money for Vooch. And through 22, 23, once Vooch releases, you're, you're, you're more flexible to pay those guys that, you know, the more money in average salary. So uh, it makes sense. Um, those guys know more than we do anyway. So, I mean, I, I trust whatever decision they came to. Um, I'm sure there was great logic to it. 
like we've said over and over, they're very the front office that we have is very deliberate. Um, they're not going to get fleeced. They know what they want. They they have a clear plan set in place that none of us have written down anywhere except for them. You know, me and you can be passionate about the magic, but you and I don't have a whiteboard about with with cap sheets and future plans and goals and all that stuff for the team. We say it on the podcast every week and we say it on Twitter like most people do. But I mean, John and Jeff are deliberate. They know what they want. They're not going to like I said, they're not going to get you know screwed out of a deal. They they've got a clear vision and plan in place. And I think we'll slowly start to see that come together. So you just got to trust them. For now, our big motto has been trust them until they give you a reason not to. I don't think this offseason was a reason not to at all. Um, and these extensions um, is a step in the, in the right direction in terms of where they think this fu- the future of this team is headed. And uh, they might not be in a huge rush, but I think over time that's going to pay off developing these guys and getting them to where they need to be. This is a big developmental year, as we've talked about. Well, we've seen what happens when you when you rush, and uh, Robin Hennigan did just that. So we want the opposite of that. It, I know it's been a long time, but it's just big like, rush guy. Stay stay patient a little bit longer, and we we think it's going to pay off. So once again, congrats to to Markel and Jonathan. We're super excited that we've got those guys for the long haul. So Luke, let's talk some preseason. So the other night, um, yeah. what was that? Saturday night, the Magic had their fourth and final preseason game, um, mm-hmm. second of, of two against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and they were able to to pull out the victory, um, one seventeen to to one twenty. Was am I looking at the right game here? Yeah, one seventeen yeah, to, to no, one twenty. Right. I that forgot that Cole yep. had those uh, had those free throws at the end there. So um, we we haven't been on the air uh, since uh, the the first game against the Hornets, where they absolutely shot the crap out of the ball, um, and the Magic didn't mm-hmm. exactly do that. So we don't need to spend too much time on that. Um, I've caught some flack on social media and even from Luke for putting too much stock and caring too much about the preseason. But um, one, yes. I can't really help it. And two, this preseason didn't really feel like a preseason. Like it felt like the first few games of the regular season. And no. you've heard Cliff talk right. about with the truncated off season and training camp and everything like that, how important these games were. So um, just to defend myself really quickly, I guess you could say, when I <laughs> am getting upset about what I'm seeing in the preseason – I feel like I, I'm justified because uh, we're about to play uh, regular season basketball, um, and we don't look terrible, but we don't really look great either. So, Luke, your your takeaways. Yeah, we didn't look terrible and we didn't look great, but this team, man, that's I that, that didn't catch that didn't catch me off guard at all, to say the least. Frustrating in that preseason game to. Um, you know, blow the lead. I think the Hornets scored like 36 or 39 points in that fourth quarter to our like 25 or something about that. That's unofficial. Don't take my word for it. But they outscored us in the fourth quarter. Take my word for that. Um, but guess what? I mean, while you can say, man, I can't believe that they blew that lead. You know, it's the you know different year, same team. Um, I can say a lot of times in the past, this team doesn't fight back whether it's the bench unit or the starting unit, to hold on to that game. And guess what? Cole Anthony, on the biggest stage that he knows professionally in that last game of the preseason, that, that, that is all he knows. That is the biggest NBA game he has ever played in in his career thus far. And he said, let me take the shot. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. I mean, it, it, it speaks volumes about him. 
that was probably a uh, very chaotic moment for him, something that he probably had some nerves uh, going into the final stretch there, um, looking around him and being like, I'm the guy. I, I have to make the shot. I'm going to I'm gonna take it. I might not make it, but I'm, I'm going to take it. And he hits that floater, um, then ices the game with two free throws. I mean, what else do you want from him? He, he outperformed uh, LaMelo that game on less minutes, or no, a couple more minutes than LaMelo. LaMelo shoots one for ten. Cole Anthony definitely doesn't. Uh, what was his final stat line, Jonathan? Do you have that in front of you? I'm pulling it up right now. If yeah, you don't, he went uh, seven for 15, 19 points, four assists, two rebounds, uh, four turnovers. He was two of five from three. So, I mean, I'm, really, really solid out of, out of Cole. You know? What I felt bad for was uh, Devin Kennedy, who really made, like, and Clifford kind of alluded to this in the like the post game is like Devin Kennedy was like the first guy that hit like the huge shot to pull them within one um, in that final minute there. Yeah. And then literally right after the game, Devin Kennedy gets waived. So hits the biggest shot of his <laughs> life. And then yeah. lit- literally immediately they're like, hey, man, great job. But, uh, yeah, you're cut. So shout out to Devin but, hey, Kennedy. The silver lining here, so the silver lining there is Kennedy's going to get probably a spot in that Lakeland roster. So he's going to get a chance. In a, and in a year of uncertainty with COVID and players being out, we've talked about this. Don't be surprised if you see some guys from Lakeland that aren't two-way players that come up and have to play. Um, it might happen, might not, but Kennedy could be one of those guys. Guess what? They know that he's going to be willing to take and make that shot. So good for him. Um, you know, stinks that that's how it shook out for him, but that's that's the NBA. It was just so funny. Like, and I I actually texted you um, right after Cole hit that shot because like I'm I'm talking like about you know the game on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a long year because. Same thing, like like especially last season, starters got off to like such a great stretch. We're up by twenty three at one point. The bench unit comes in, you know, largely in that third and fourth quarter, and then the lead is just gone. And then they need to claw back. They take the lead. They go back down again. Kennedy hits a big shot. Cole hits a big shot. We win the game, right? But I'm saying all right. this stuff, and people are like, "Oh, you're overreacting. It's preseason." Blah blah blah. Cole hits that shot. Oh my God, Cole Anthony, <laughs> we got the steal of the draft. Which way is it? Is preseason a big deal or is it not a big deal? You can't have it both ways, people. That's all I'm here to say. I was super excited yeah. because I was, as you could tell, emotionally invested in that game. So Cole hits that shot, and I text Luke. I'm like, don't you dare get excited about that Cole Anthony game winner. You don't deserve it. And, uh, of yeah, course, yeah. you know everyone was freaking out. And, and I'm, I'm half joking. Like, I, I get it. He's the rookie. Super, super exciting. He's been playing his butt off. I think um, – Depending on who you ask, different qualifiers. He either led the preseason in rookie scoring or came in second, depending on who you ask. Again, um, but yeah, the the future is, is definitely bright. Um, that was my definitely my takeaways from that game. You know, especially Cole Anthony. Like he, I don't know how many, if at all, um, he's going to have the opportunity in the regular season to take that shot. I think he's still pretty far down the the pecking order in that regard. But it is encouraging to see him being willing to take that shot i guess uh i guess you could put it that way but luke what are hey, unless you have something I mean, else what are like your big picture takeaways from the preseason um i'm not saying anything all right don't read into this but do with it what you will cole anthony less minutes than markel fultz a game okay scores uh, no, we're like, not about to do this <laughs> Scores We're not about 0.25 less points. And stick with me here, Jonathan. 
less shots per game. I'm not saying I'm just saying. Um, now that's not, I I'm half and I'm very much kidding. I'm not even half kidding. I'm very much kidding, but it is, it is probably one of my bigger takeaways. Um, we learned a lot. We learned Cole and Markel can absolutely play together as we touched on recently on our, I think our last episode, they can absolutely play together. And Cole Anthony is never going to back down. Cole Anthony is already one of my favorite magic players. I mean, it just confidence level, his joy and pure excitement of the game. He doesn't hide it. And I think that's one of the things I love the most about him. Um, very candid interviews um, during preseason, especially uh, that last game. Um, we said, I feel like money. That was my favorite. I think that's what he said. But that was one of my favorite quotes uh, of the preseason, especially at halftime, not even after um, the Cole's- game. He said that at halftime. It was halftime. I feel like money. And guess That's, what? He he continued to play play well. I mean, and he goes down and does what he does at the end of the game. Um, really excited to see how it translates. I'd say that's like Cole Anthony's far and away my biggest takeaway. All right, let's take a quick break. I I would um I would say individually yes um. When me thinking about just like the takeaways of the preseason, I'm more coming from it of like the aspect of like the team the overall. Um, like Cole, yeah. definitely like we were excited about the 15th pick. We were immediately talking about how this kid has the potential to be the steal of the draft at 15. He's a kid that you know years past um, in mock drafts was you know at, at a lot of times pegged to be the number one pick in this entire draft, and I definitely think he showed. Um, flashes of, of why, right? Um, my thing with Cole and the amount of success that he's going to have um, in the regular season is really just going to be based off of his opportunities. I feel like the last couple of years, this team has really um, like been solidified as far as like the way that they're going to play. Like we know, at, at least years past, we know that the offense primarily is going to be run through Vooch. There's going to be some Evan pick and roll action there. Depending on what night it is with Markel, um, he's either going to be super, super aggressive or he's going to participate in that uh, pick-and-roll game with Vucevic. The second unit, we know they're going to run a lot of stuff uh, for Terrence Ross. If if DJ's role last year was um, any indication, there are going to be opportunities for Cole to, to really shine, but I don't know if it's going to be enough because people are already talking about like rookie of the year and, and, and stuff like that. I think when you look at other guys um, who are going to be in a much bigger role on their team, like primarily guys yeah. that are going to be starters. When we look at like the top of the draft, you look at Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Lamelo Ball. Like those are all guys who are going to get a, a, a d- decent share um, of looks, especially offensively. Um, like Lamelo is, is going to be a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. Probably the majority of the time, maybe split some with, um, you know, Gordon Hayward or, or Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham. I don't know how those rotations are going to work out, but that's a guy who is, is pretty limited offensively right now. So the biggest thing that he gives you is playmaking. The only way to do that is to give him the ball. So I, I think some of those guys, I think it's a little early for the, the rookie of the year stuff. I would obviously love to see it. I'm just not sold that he's going to have the opportunities to do that. Um, something that was a little bit surprising is kind of the the style of play that we've seen out of Evan so far. 
who really hasn't asserted himself. I mean, he did pretty early in a, in a couple of the Atlanta games. Uh, but right now, uh, 10 points a game out of Evan, only eight field goal attempts, relatively efficient, 48% from the field, 44% from the three-point line. So I'm wondering, like, are we going to see, you Would- know, a, a change in the way that the offense runs in that first unit is Markel I mean, gonna? Would you would you say that Fournier is uh, playing like a guy who is just kind of you know a little bit done and knows that he's on his way out, or do are we there yet? Do we I, think that that that's something that Evan would do? I don't think so. He I, sees I really, where the team's going are, and he's just like hands off. I think there are guys on this team that probably would do that, like if the writing was on the wall in the same way. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, like when, when we signed Bismack Biombo, like Vooch was not Boy. happy about coming off of the bench, like at all, right? And you, like he was a guy <laughs> who, like, was 100% upset. Uh, um, yeah. Victor Oladipo, a little bit Should less so when, when Skiles uh, benched him. But um, I, I just don't see, I think Evan is, is, a, is a guy who is going to do what he thinks is is really best for the team and if the the team asks him to do that like while he's here he's he's probably going to do that probably have some conversations with his agent we're we're just speculating here but no it's just going to be interesting um it was a little bit a little bit weird for like Markel to have you know the the great game that he did last week and then like all of a sudden it's like now he's kind of taking a step back like had 21 points, you know, in that second game, or I believe it was against Atlanta. It might have been the first game. I don't remember right now. But then first game against Charlotte, eight points. Um, am I looking? I'm looking at the fourth quarter. What am I doing? All right, let me eat my words really quickly. So 14, yeah, 14 points in 30 minutes that first game against Charlotte, and then that second game, uh, 11 points in in 21 minutes. So, I mean, take preseason with a grain of salt yes but it was like after that game it was like all right is Markel going to be able to do this again and that's been the whole question with him really since he started playing with the magic he'll have a great game and it's like okay Markel is he's rounding the corner like he's he's taking the the leap and then all of a sudden like the next night he'll have a a, a game with you know nine points you know four rebounds and, and the Aaron a, Gordon syndrome and a couple of assists I, I don't want to say that. I I don't want to say that because I think it's it's a it's a different <laughs> no, dynamic. I, it's a different situation. But I see does, the similarity yeah, in in that comparison. Yeah, but I, again, at the end of the day, it's preseason. We're talking preseason, you know. So that's that's all it is. And and who knows? I mean, Markel might have, you know, he's not the type of guy to like take nights off. I don't think. But maybe he just thought. Yeah, it's it's whatever. It's just a preseason game, and I know what I can do in the regular season. Don't worry about me. So, uh, I could see that being the case. When Markel Markel's gonna have stretches during the season where you're like, whoa, uh, and he might have stretches during the season where he shoots twenty five percent from three a few games in a row. It, it he's still growing. He's still developing. Um, I'm glad that he got that extension um, because now he can play with like the weight being lifted off his shoulders. He's not thinking, no, I've got to prove myself. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No, he can just put his head down. He's got a home now, and he can play. That's it. That's all he needs. And I'm sure that played into the, to the decision as well. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what, what he can do when he knows he has a home and he feels safe there. 
So I have a question. Do you the you just you just mentioned that maybe Markel was just like kind of going through the motions, like oh this is preseason, whatever, blah blah blah. I kind of feel the same way about Evan. Like he's just like kind of like mm-hmm. taking the back seat right now, letting you know the younger guys have their shine yeah, or, their or whatever. Point, yeah. And then preseason, we're we're right back to you know Evan trying to get his you know seventeen eighteen points a, a game or whatever the case may be. My concern with that though is like that is such the wrong mentality to have, especially in this off season when it everything has been so short, so truncated, where you've had limited opportunities to really get out there and play. Like in my opinion, guys need to ha- it, it should be like pedal to the metal right now. Like you don't have a lot of time to to get the team right. So we need to be taking this seriously, and that's why I've had the reaction that I've had to some of the what we've seen in the preseason. Because obviously, Jonathan Isaac is a is a huge hole for this team defensively. We saw that all of the second half of last year, but even that first half of the season when we had Jonathan Isaac, what I I kept coming back to every single it seemed like every night was this is not the same team defensively that we saw in the eighteen nineteen season that second half that especially that last half of the season. Where we were just when when the offense was going, we were destroying teams because we were so good defensively. And then even the nights that we didn't have it going offensively, we were still in games because we were so good defensively. And we have not seen that team in almost two years now. Like I, I guess yeah. maybe a year and a half. May will be two years, but this team isn't going to have it every night offensively. Are we going to be better with additions like Cole with? Chuma, even with a guy like Dwayne Bacon, who we've seen is able to do some things off of the dribble, we know that this team is going to have nights where they shoot 30% from the three-point line, when they can't make 10-11 threes to save their life. We know those are coming. And the fact that this team just kind of isn't having so much attention to detail, again, I know Jonathan Isaac makes up for a lot, but... And and the young guys is probably has a lot to do with it. You know, Dwayne is, is maybe learning a, a, a few things. Um, although the the first unit has looked pretty decent defensively, um, Cole obviously is still learning. Um, he's going to become a better defender. He's got all the tools to be a pretty decent defender. Um, you know, Chuma has struggled at times. It seems like especially with like the bigger, stronger forwards, that will come in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we talk about a guy like, you know, Terrence Ross who, you know, he's dealing with foot injuries, but if you're out there, you're out there, you're healthy enough to play. Right. Um, especially that second unit, what we saw defensively, especially in that second half of that last game against the Hornets, that ain't going to get it done. And to me, that is concerning because now this is not preseason. This is something that we've seen out of this team for a year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Valid concerns for sure. Um, and I wanted to ad- address something that I saw today on social media where y'all were acting reckless again. Uh, James Ennis ruled out for the opener. Saw a lot of people saying, basically, who cares? Uh, don't really care. Dude can't put the ball in a basket. Y'all clearly forgot the energy that James Ennis brings to the team. It's a MCW type energy, and he produces. I, if correct me if I'm wrong, produces a little more. Um, and shot like 45 percent on seven and a half attempts last year. Like, that's that's fine. He's he knows his role. Uh, but yeah, y'all are y'all are crazy. Uh, James Ennis steps away from the court for a little bit, and you guys are 
acting like that about him not coming to not playing on uh on Wednesday in the opener. I appreciate James Ennis. Um and I know that he's got value to our to our roster and he's gonna slide right in, um, wherever that may be into the rotation when the time comes. Well, I think people saw the bubble, like the bubble James Ennis, like especially in the playoffs in that, that series against Milwaukee and saw him like I mean, there was like a step back three that he I mean actually hit, but people were like, Whoa, <laughs> like we're we're seeing a little bit too much James Ennis here, but like there was no Aaron Gordon. So there was no Jonathan Isaac. There was no Alfaro Camino. Yeah. So like those forward minutes had to come yeah. from somewhere. And uh like Evan was a, a no show. Uh so basically at, like at times James Ennis is like your third option offensively with that starting <laughs> unit, and that is not at all what you want. But before that, like immediately after the trade deadline, it was like, Oh, we've we've got something with, with James Ennis here. Like he is a guy who, you know, can can start for you and, and play pretty darn well. Uh, you know, as, as far as like glue guys go, that's what you want out of James Ennis. You want him to be a glue guy. You don't want him to be your third or fourth option offensively. That ain't that ain't it, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, right. it's a you know, it's a what have you done for me lately culture. Um, but that I wanted to ask you yeah. about that, Luke. Like the the rotations yeah. and and everything like that that we're seeing. So we know when Ennis comes back, starting five is most likely going to be um, Fultz, Evan, James Ennis, Aaron Gordon, Vooch. What I have no idea. I I know t- I know two two guys are going to play in the in the um the second unit. I know Cole's playing. I know Terrence is playing. Outside of that, I really don't have a great handle on what's going to happen in that second unit once Mo comes back. Once Alfaruqaminu comes back. I yeah. mean, we saw flashes out of Dwayne Bacon. Yeah. We know that. I mean, hi- if history is is any indication, we know that. Cliff is going to find a way to get Michael Carter Williams on the floor. Like that's just always a thing, no matter what happens. So I I have no idea what's going to happen when we start to get some of these other guys back. I'm I mean I don't know if you if do. You look at nobody on Twitter seems yeah, to have yeah, any yeah, idea. Yeah. No, and then for good reason. I mean, you look at this roster. Well, by the way, what's what's the Alfaruk Amino timetable? There, do we have anything? On. Why are you? Why did you even use the word timetable? <laughs> that does not exist in the Orlando Magic vocabulary. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm gonna list the guys. I'm looking at the Magic roster. I'm gonna list these guys that are not gonna start at least right away. And we tried to hammer out real quick before we preview kind of these these next few games for the Magic um, for the start of the regular season. Alfaro Camino. Cole Anthony, Dwayne Bacon, Mo Bamba, Kim Birch, uh, MCW, Gary Clark, uh, James Ennis, uh, Chuma, uh, and that that's that's and Terrence Ross. Uh, what do you do? That is so many players that have gotten run with Orlando at some point in time. You got guys like Gary Clark who probably won't end the season playing a ton of minutes. I mean, if AG's moved, yeah, but. Regardless, all I'm saying is like we didn't see a ton of Gary Clark in the preseason, but he's a guy that got a lot of run in the playoffs last year. So I'm sure there's some some conflict here among among the roster and you know what the coach what what Cliff and and front office and what are they even doing? I don't I don't know where they're going to even go. I mean, like you said, even people Magic Twitter who seemingly know all, including us. Uh, <laughs> Don't don't know what's going on. I mean, I just named what seven, eight, eight guys that could be in that second unit, and who knows? 
I mean, you know T. Ross is there, like you said. Um, I mean, Dwayne Bacon's probably he's there. Uh Kem is there. So there's three. Um and then I from there I don't I don't know. I don't know what what do you do? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you it's very rare the that, only thing that, that I I'm at a of. loss for words of what to do. Yeah. Exactly. I, I just have no I have no idea what happens. I think you have to play Mo. Like and, and we didn't really go over that, but Mo has been cleared for full contact and everything like that. So pro- I would say probably in the next couple of weeks he he'll be back in the rotation. But like this is a big year for Mo. You have to play Mo. If Mo can't get on the floor yeah. as a backup at this point, then like at that point you have to start thinking it's a lost cause. But in my opinion, right now you have to play Mo. So that that already gives you three. We know that Cliff likes to play nine or or ten if he has to. Last year, it became 10 with Michael Carter-Williams. I really think we're going to see either Michael Carter-Williams or Dwayne Bacon at the small forward spot in that second unit. I I really I don't even know because, in my opinion, Dwayne is probably yeah. the better fit, but like, yeah. we just know that Michael Carter-Williams is going to get on the floor. When Al Farouk Aminu comes back, like, I think like that's another guy who you ha- who has to see the floor. Like you signed him as a yeah. as one of your as really your only true free agent last year, you've barely seen him. You've got to see what he can contribute yeah. to the team, especially if you plan on possibly moving Aaron Gordon, because then you would think that he would become the the power forward starter at that point. So, but then I mean, somebody's some a few guys are going to left out. Like Kem, I, I would think is going to be left out. Gary Clark is probably going to be left out, and then it's got to be either Michael Carter Williams or Dwayne Bacon. Both of those guys are guys that Clifford coached in Charlotte, obviously wanted on the Magic, so it's going to be interesting to, to see how that goes. But, Luke, um, we're coming up on, on time here. Let's talk preseason MVPs. Like, who is your, your preseason MVP um, this season? Nikola Vucevic. Well, I mean, you're, you're saying Vuce. Tell me why. I'm going to pick somebody else now. That's that's the obvious choice, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I but some people will try to get cute and and say somebody else by default with nobody else saying Vooch. Um, so I'm just kind of reminding everybody, Nikola Vucevic is still the best player on this team. Um, I mean, he's uh, I think he was like 15th in preseason scoring at you know 19.2 points a game, 29 minutes a game. Um, didn't shoot the three extremely well, shot about like 34 and a half percent, but averaged. 12 and a half rebounds, 19 points. I mean, he's far and away the the MVP of the Magic preseason. All right, so this isn't really the MVP, but I think this is a guy who is is arguably what we saw of him most important uh for the the team going forward. And I'm going to say Cole, right? For a couple of reasons. Uh one, we really needed extra like scoring punch in that second unit. Cole is definitely going to be able to to give us that, uh, Anthony, um, Aaron, uh, Fultz, Evan, we we pretty much know what we're going to get out of those guys. Like we have a pretty good feeling yeah. about that. Chuma still kind of, I think he's going to be a solid shooter. He has the potential to be a, a pretty decent defender, um, but still yeah. not exactly sure um, how he's going to look. You know, when the regular season comes again, he really struggled with a few guys defensively. Um, but, you know, like the spot-up shooting it really has the potential to be really – I mean, if anything, at the absolute worst, 
he should be better at least a little bit than Gary Clark, right? Which Gary Clark was pretty good at, at, at you know, certain points last season. But Cole, right, the ability to create the shot off of the dribble, I think he's going to get better defensively as he learns and as he becomes more comfortable and, and the game starts to slow down for the rookies, as they say. Um, but his shooting ability is really going to be huge. Like at North Carolina, I kind of felt like at times he was a little bit of like a, a streaky shooter, and that might prove to be the case. But right now, Luke, this kid, and let me pull it up here, he shot 47% from three in the preseason through four games. That is not going to hold up. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not insinuating that at all. But he's shown, one, the ability to, to make and take those shots off the dribble, which is going to be huge. And then I haven't had the chance to look at his spot-up attempts, but it feels like if the kid's wide open and has a spot-up jumper, like it feels like it's going in. Like We saw that a couple of times against Charlotte, but um, that unit needs to get a lot better defensively. I don't want to get into that right now. But having that along, and, th- and this is a kid who it didn't feel like he was pounding the air out of the ball the way that DJ Augustine felt at times. And when he gets to the rim, yeah. he's, he's, there, he's there. It's a business meeting. Like he he he's mm. gonna learn to finish through contact, and it's either gonna be I'm scoring or I'm going to the line. Like that's that's what like Cole is completely unafraid of contact. You can tell that already. So putting yeah. that alongside Terrence, like when Terrence is is you know getting pressured off of screens or he's getting double teamed so they get the ball out of his hands, whatever. Cole's ability to to make and take shots off of the dribble and create his own shots. That's going to be really big for the second unit as far as – and we saw a few a few shades of, of him, you know, being a really good playmaker, finding, you know, and getting the ball to spots where you're like, oh, man, how did he get the ball there? Um, so he has the ability to be really big for that second unit. Yep. Agreed. Um, yeah. I mean, Vooch, preseason, unanimous Magic MVP. Yeah, he's and then still a beast. Guys that stand out um, – Rookie of the preseason, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Cole Anthony, um, and due part to and big part because of his confidence. So, um, a lot to be excited about there, Jonathan. All right, let's look ahead to the week ahead. Obviously, everyone knows pre uh, regular season is starting Wednesday at the Amway Center. We're taking on the Miami Heat. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday will be at Washington on a back-to-back. So uh, really quickly, Luke, what do you think of uh, Miami this upcoming season? Uh, what do you think is going to happen Wednesday night? Well, first of all, do you enjoy uh, kicking off the season with Miami virtually every year? It seems like that. Like, does like, that get old? Is it? Uh, well, I've been at – I think this will be, like, my seventh or eighth home opener in a row. So, like, there's been some, like, Washington sprinkled in there. There was, like, a, like a Pelicans – uh, game in there once but it feels like i don't know like four out of the last five years it's been the heat no the it was the Cavs yeah. last year i think it was the i think it was the Cavs last year really? so like two out of the yeah two out of the like the last three um home openers have been against the heat i think yeah so i right. really do not um, enjoy yeah. magic games when when they're playing the heat because the last few years especially like the lebron era it it was like a heat home game and i really i despise nothing more yeah no agreed um yep going uh up against the reigning eastern conference champs um i mean it, it, they're a tough team it's but it, it's good that they get to uh 
go up against them. Um, and you know, Cole Anthony is going. The confident Cole Anthony is going to go. Um, you know, get to play on the, the share the court with the very confident Tyler Hero. Um, and just the rest of those young guys. Yeah, the Mr. Snarl himself. I still cannot believe. I wake up sometimes. I'm like, I cannot believe Tyler Hero really like Giannis snarled after he made a big shot. It just didn't the look best, good. And beside the point, the best thing that Tyler mm-hmm. Hero has given us is a pretty good Jack Harlow song. That's what I'll say. That's true. That's that true. song's fire. Um, it, it slaps. It is. And so, uh, yeah, so opening with them at Amway, hopefully that gives a little boost. I know there's not going to be many people, what, 2,000? I don't know Something what like the that. exact number is. They said they were starting. I think I think they were going to do 4,000 like, eventually, but they're starting off at like 2,000, I think. Uh, they announced that last week, actually, as we were recording. Um, yeah, they're going to be a, a good team. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I expect to win. I'd like to win. Um, and then you, you know, you're going on to play Washington, um, which who knows what's up in Washington, but what, what do you think about that heat game? Uh, is there anything you're going to be looking for? Um, and do you think that the magic will be able to pull away, uh, with a W? So this is my question and it's going to be kind of strange because it's not often that you can look at the, you know, the first game of the regular season as like a like a trap game or like they might be looking ahead. But Friday, the Heat play on Christmas at noon. So that's obviously a big deal, nationally televised game. Um, it, it's going to be – It's. I think that's the, that's the Magic's route to victory is if the Heat come into this and they're overlooking the Magic and they're like, oh, we're going to beat the Magic, and then, and then we're playing on Christmas. Like We're, we're playing the Pelicans. Um, you know, they'll play the Pelicans at home, Zion, and, and everything like that. That'll be a super hyped-up game. Christmas Day games always are, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm not expecting a win. Um, like you said, reigning Eastern Conference champs, um, we definitely had issues playing the Heat last year. So um, I'm I'm hoping for for a good showing. Um, a lot of things have to go right for the Magic to win this game. Things are going to have to go right this season for the Magic to win any game. Let's just get that out there. This is going to be a tough game. We know that the the Heat are a very competitive team. They're a very well coached team. Um, they've got some offensive firepower. You know, Jimmy Butler, obviously, Goran Dragic, Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, um, you know, Tyler Hero. It's a team I mean, they got points. They got Okpala, I think is his name or something like that. Okpala, Okpala. Um, right? Yeah. Uh, haven't gotten the enunciation for him. Um, but I mean, looking at preseason for the heat i mean he he had 24 points six of 10 from three i mean good night do the heat need anybody else that can just be a dead eye from three and just get buckets just any given night so that's another guy to look out for last year didn't get a ton of run um but i think he's trying to insert himself into the lineup now um you know you've got harkless there and um you know you you retain guys you need to I mean, I, I don't know. You, you keep, you keep that boy, Udonis Haslam, as the vet. Not going to play, but he's going to be talking the whole time to your players, and they eat it up. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be fun to to start against the Eastern Conference uh, reigning champs. See, quick gauge of where the Magic are and how good the preseason truly was for them, and then you go on to Washington. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. So you play Wednesday, and then you've got two days off. You're going that Sunday, Saturday and Sunday back-to-back um, at Washington. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see um, the Brody, Westbrook's debut uh, in Washington. Uh, maybe that that's probably not going to mm-hmm. be his debut, but the debut against the Magic as a Wizard anyways. Obviously, Bradley Beal. So Rui Hachimura, uh, he is actually going to be out. So he's got keratoconjunctivitis, Luke. So... Um, anybody that's been listening to the podcast for a while may know that I used to actually work in the eye field. What I can tell you about keratoconjunctivitis is that it is not pleasant at all. Let me just let me just read um, a little a little snippet from you. So, um, keratoconjunctivitis um, is typically caused um, from an, uh, a viral. I think it's a viral infection called the human adenovirus. So it's like a, an illness that you get that then affects the eyes. It can be um, kind of attributed to other things like genetic conditions or autoimmune disorders. I really hope that that is not what it is the case here, but it's not like your typical like like pink eye. This is something that can be like incredibly painful and there's not really a lot of treatments for that. So, if you're wondering why Rui's not playing, I think he's going to miss like 3 weeks the Wizards announced today. Yeah. That is why. So, hope he gets better, but um yeah, Luke, this is really going to be where the magic uh see where they stand as far as the the southeastern division you got the heat right off of the bat and then the wizards like the wizards are a team that you know the last few years have fallen you know behind the magic in the standings and the magic are going to be duking it out with teams like charlotte like atlanta like washington if they want to make the playoffs this year well and that's the biggest thing about making the playoffs um typically uh, if you're a fringe playoff team the biggest thing about making the playoffs is that you win the games against the teams you're supposed to beat. Washington is going to be a team that Orlando can beat. I don't see Washington finishing top five, top six, top seven in the East. They are going to be probably an eight seed to play in team. So with that being said, the Magic have to win games against them. Playing back-to-back nights, you got to steal one. You have to steal one, bar, especially if you lose, you drop the first game to the Heat. I think it's very important to start 2-1 and one instead of 1-2. and two. It's a long season, 72 games, um, as everybody knows. But you've got you've to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat or beat the teams that, you, you're, you know, that you're hanging with. Um, and they're, the Magic and the Wizards are going to probably be pretty buddy-buddy in the standings all year, in my opinion. And that, you know, who knows? Maybe Russ picks up, you know, his chemistry with the team and they just start rolling, you know, near the end of the year and make a big push and end up with that, you know, seven, seven spot or something like that. Cause the, the East is, the East is super competitive. Now you got the, you know, like Bucks, Celtics, Nets, Heat, Sixers, Raptors, Pacers. That might be your top seven. So, right. I mean, it, it it's going to be very competitive, not what the magic are used to. Yeah, I, again, I think a lot of this is going to – it's going to be like the battle of the Southeast Division at the end of the year. Like the Heat are by far the favorites. They're going to run away with the Southeast Division. But when you look at Charlotte, the Wizards, the Hawks, like we we could be talking about the entire Southeast Division like in the playoff picture, like battling especially those you know three teams that I mentioned with the Magic – um, battling for that seven, eight, nine, ten spots to try to get into the playing game and everything like that. Yeah. So, and and the one thing, Jonathan, as you know, I've been just con- constantly harping on is 
that these young guys need to play meaningful game, meaningful games, meaningful minutes, games that matter. Now, I think that this ten game, you know, the essentially if you're the ten seed, up pat, you know, to the ten seed, you're in the play-in tournament. So if you can get to that ten spot, it's not eight anymore. So in a in a competitive Eastern Conference, I think it does a lot of good that the Magic can look at it and be like, we we just need to get to ten. That that is all we need to do, and then we we play from there. So the Magic can be competitive all year to get into the playoffs. So say all that to say, these games against you know the Wizards and the Hawks and the Pacers, like those games matter, and the Hornets, um, but those games are going to matter and. I think it'll be good for the young guys to see on the standings. Like we don't have to get the eight seed. Just get us, get us to the point where we win and we're in. So I think that that'll keep the guys competitive. That'll give them good minutes. That'll help them develop more um, and get meaningful run. Well, if nothing less, Luke, let's just be thankful that we're going to have basketball again. It was a really crazy year. Oh, I'm thankful. This is a, we're going to have like what, like one more episode before the end of the year yeah we'll have one more episode before the end of the year here so yeah it's just great that we have basketball that we can actually be in person for these games because there was a lot of i mean i guess technically we do have a vaccine but earlier this year it was like we're not going to have fans in the arenas until we have a vaccine but we don't really have a vaccine because it's not really um you know really available to the general public at at this time but it'll be good to be back in the arena win lose whatever the case may be um, it'll it'll just feel good to to have games in person again. It's going to be pretty cool to see what the uh, what the energy level is going to be like at the Amway and uh, after the game. Uh, obviously, the reporters will ask the guys kind of how that affects them. So, but so that's the week ahead. Uh, we've talked a lot uh, of basketball this week. Luke, you got anything left? I think that's it. I'm ready to get started. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Hopefully the Magic can uh, start the Christmas season right for us on Wednesday with a win. That would be huge. Um, give the fans to get something you know even more excited about alongside with those you know additions of the young guys like uh, Cole and Chuma. So looking forward to it. Let's get it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. For Luke, this has been Jonathan. Thank you guys for listening to the Six Man Show. Oh, real quick note about the giveaway. Uh, if you guys are listening to this now, you still have uh, until 10 o'clock p.m. Uh, Tuesday night, the 22nd, to get your entries in and everything like that. We'll draw the winner on Wednesday. Don't exactly know what time that's going to be. Um, but if you guys haven't, we're giving away um, a Cole Anthony signed basketball. So be, be sure to go to our Twitter or our Instagram. You guys can find details on how to enter there. We've gotten a decent amount of a survey so far. It's really, really been helpful. I think it's exactly what Luke and I um, were really looking for, the, the feedback. So thank you guys so much that I've entered so far. But other than that, we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!